What's up, world? Welcome to the Dig on Doug podcast. I'm your host, Doug, and I'm going to be bringing you episodes all about having fun, real, and deep conversations. So I hope you enjoy, and let's get digging. What is up, listeners? Welcome to the Dig on Doug podcast. Super excited to have you here. Hope you've been enjoying the episodes, and hope it's been a real pleasure to you because it's been a real pleasure to me to put them out there. If you're listening to this one, you are back for a World on Fire Part 2. We really got into it, me, Ronnie, V, and Dale, and a World on Fire Part 1. Man, talking about everything that's going on in this country and the world, but then also looking at its history and looking at what is going forward. So you're about to get a treat and learn some more on this uh, Part 2 episode. So get ready. We're about to get it rolling. Here it goes. When we when we talk about community and, and sense of ourselves um, and just everything that's going on, something that can happen is a, a tendency to want somebody to come and fix this for you. Um, a tendency to want somebody to reclaim that power that you gave away and now you're shook because the power is back and you the people who you gave it to you didn't trust and now you're looking for some new Superman, um, Superwoman to come and save you. Um, so let's talk about that mindset of, because some people have that right now. They're like, well, the government has just fixed this and I'll be fine. I just got to wait it out. And if you're waiting on some super care package to come and deliver you from the ills of what this is, you're going to be in a very sad place. Um, and I know, V, you, you, you were in a sense a little bit adamant about this and just uh, to someone come fix this. Uh, so just go ahead and share your thoughts on that. Okay, so can I can I kind of float into the educational thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ride the boat. Just just lead us. Societies are built on 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 two different kinds of people, right? Uh, you have leaders, uh, and then you have managers. Okay. Leaders build and bring things together. One of the big things that leaders do is they turn other people into leaders. Um, leaders also have to be managers and a manager, you know, handles logistical things, the day-to-day operations. So if, oftentimes if you're a leader, you're a manager too. Yeah. Uh, our education system isn't set up to create leaders. You know, yeah, the uh, system, no, hold on, hold on. Before you go any further, I just want to get at a couple of seconds of silence. <laughs> so say that, say that one more time, and then we're just gonna go silent for like seven seconds. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, our education system isn't designed to to create leaders. Okay, okay, go ahead now. Preach it, preach, preach. Oh. It's it's our, our education system, and I, I know the universities love to sell sell themselves as you you come in and you you explore the world and you grow as a human being. Our university system, our university system specifically, is designed to create what is called a professional management class. Okay, it is designed to put out people who can move the paperwork to move the actual goods and services around in our society. <laughs> and largely speaking, that's exactly what it's done. It's put out a professional management class. A professional management class, you're lucky if you get some leaders out of that because people will come in with their own life experiences. They, 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 they have that, that, they're on that cusp of becoming a leader. All of a sudden they get the management experiences and then things just kind of come together. Yeah. It happens. 
it's ha- I've seen it happen. It, but it's designed, and, and this is a phrase everybody needs to, the professional management class. That is who is running every layer of our society right now, okay? We don't actually have leaders anymore. There are a few, there may be a few here and there, but largely speaking, it's a bunch of, it's, it's a bunch of uh, uh, a management aristocracy who believes that it's their right to lead. Uh, you know, they've gone, <laughs> they've gone under several titles, <laughs> but it's the belief that it's their right to lead and the rest of us should be following them even if they're completely incompetent. And every one of us has run into those people, you know, working in corporate. Like we all have those horror stories of people. And this is the thing. A lot of those riots going on, I'm noticing there's a lot of white kids doing the rioting. It's, it's been the longstanding tradition that as long as there's space in the upper portions of the hierarchy, right? Mm-hmm. That these white kids go to college, they get entrance into the lower ends of the of the of the white collar classes, <laughs> their way up into something resembling the middle class somewhere around. They freeze there and then they they live out their lives and they and they pass on. Yeah. Well, the 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 upper portions of the management class have realized that they don't want that much competition anymore, so they've started locking down every gate they can find, and the universities mm-hmm. are gatekeepers into that class. Mm-hmm. So you have a situation essentially where all of the institutions of actual leadership and in the black community, one of those huge institutions was the churches, right? Back in the day, the churches would take people, train them into leaders. Martin Luther King, most of the leaders of the civil rights movement, they came out of those church training sessions. Have you guys noticed that they've all been shut down, not just in the black community, in the white communities too, that and there's this, I, I want to go a little bit biblical here. You cannot worship God and Menon at the same time. Oh, oh. oh. As, as, as we say, as we say in the black church, preach, preacher. <laughs> a lot of these institutions have been turned into, into, into grounds of worship for Menon, for greed, for self-service, for selfishness. Mm-hmm. That's all. That, why don't we have any leaders? Because all of the institutions that are supposed to train and output leaders don't exist anymore. And there's a step worse to this is that the universities themselves have realized that every single university has, has a leadership program. Okay. Um, they're usually directly linked to the activist communities. Uh, in India, we call these, uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, NGO industrial complex, kind of like the military industrial complex. Mm-hmm. It's essentially where, uh, the kids who couldn't make it into the rest of the management class kind of get sent uh, <laughs> so that they can, they can have a paying gig to do good in the world. Uh, and you notice these, these activist groups don't really ever solve any problems. They just kind of hang around and do things. I don't know what those things are. Uh, so those, those, are, those are like those people who go into those organizations are like leaves hanging off of branches, right? The university puts out these branches and these people are the leaves that are hanging off these branches because they need some way to keep them, keep, keep these kids um, from causing too much trouble. So they get their healthcare plans. They get a good, an okay pay. They get to put on their resume that they're helping the world and pat themselves on the back. All the rest of us on the bottom here, the bottom end of the working class, the, the bottom end of the white collar classes, going into the blue collar classes and going straight down into the welfare classes have nothing. We get screwed. Our leaders get hunted. They get demonized. They get kicked out onto the streets and ignored. 
Mm-hmm. That's that's where we are as far as leadership goes. Well, yeah, it's, it's a term that's out there in the sense of uh, mediocre white men um, can can come into these positions and and thrive and just sh- honestly show up, not not exude anything amazing, not really trend anything. And this was something in a sense I wanted to touch on um, because America America loves to boast. It loves it loves to say you know we're doing this. We're and and so many and this is so many different levels and this is going to hit like a bunch of levels and this is even education and everything as well um the thing one of the main things i've seen in in this pandemic time and this in this social unrest and everything is people had like ronnie touched on the information about like the veterans and stuff came out in december there was also information in december that came out about COVID. Nobody in this country, even right now, wanted to be ahead of any of this stuff, but they love to be ahead of anything that's technology, basically anything that's technology or anything marketing, any of that other stuff, that materialistic stuff that has no value, it loves to be ahead of the curve on. And that's one of the things that has frustrated me the most in this time is nobody wants to be the leader in all this stuff. Social justice, all the stuff that's going on, you could have been jumped on this and said this was one of your things, but you did not. And I still believe you probably do not value this. You do not value the the black and brown working folks. You don't value those communities unless they're doing something for you, but you still don't fully value it. And part of it, I'm a big NFL fan. I mean, you guys, I mean, we're in the Zoom, you see the, the Eagles thing in the background. I still really think none of these sports should be playing because we haven't seen anybody play a sport at a full fullness of what a sport needs to be exerting that energy with all of this stuff potentially in the air. And yeah. my, my thing that scares me is, is it going to have to take somebody dying on a court or a field to truly wake you up to what this thing can potentially be? Yeah. Well, Yep. Seems about right because that's how leadership is working in our country right now. Mm-hmm. That's how the that's how the professional management class is working right now. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. how they've been working for a while, to be honest with you. Uh-huh. Like, I my, mean oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you please go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I am very intrigued and, and not wishing anything. I mean I'm I don't I don't wish death on anybody. What would happen if one of these politicians fell from this? <laughs> I don't know. And that's scary to say. Yeah. The fact that I don't know is so scary to say. I mean, nope. the thing is, yeah. Yeah, I Some do politicians not know. have it. I mean, Ronnie, what do you think? Some politicians have it. Okay. They, they what have what have they died from it, though? No, they haven't died from it, but still, it's just like some of you have it, and it's just like you don't want to take it seriously. Like, Atlanta is one of the biggest contradictions. Here you got, uh, I think, the mayor that has it. And the governor that has it. The mayor wants to mandate masks. The governor doesn't. And it's like... I tell you, compromise. And see, and that's the most dangerous part when we talked about like government and stuff earlier. Uh Your responsibility is to the people. Yes. It's it's to the people. Like, you are not supposed to be in any of those positions if you are... But we know why they're in those positions because there's backhand stuff and stuff. They can build their family legacy and money. But that real role is for the people. And to say, I'm not going to mandate masks. And then you had the, the craziness of the, the governor of Florida when he was bashed in New York. And now Florida is the worst of, of them all. 
<laughs> a global pandemic but, episode. <laughs> go, go ahead, Dale, because I, I know you have some stuff. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, I mean, it, it, it's nuts. I don't understand. This goes back to the whole trust issue and the whole systemic stuff. I mean, okay, the politics of this country determine where we are now. And it's been made into a divisive issue by the leader of the country, which should not be the case, but it is. Mm-hmm. And to stem that, the trust thing we talked about earlier should be with the governors. So some governors are acolytes of Trump and some governors are not. Some governors are realizing who are acolytes of Trump that I can't do what he's telling me to do because people are dying. That's a rare thing, unfortunately, for that party. And that sucks because it should not be a rare thing for the party. I mean, Republicans were the party that said country before, country before, you know, party. But now they don't believe that. And I don't believe that because they want to protect themselves. They want to get reelected. But the thing is, if your constituents start dying, what's going to happen? Do you expect them to suddenly forgive you for these families that have people who are have dead relatives who are now dead and say, I'm going to vote for you anyway? I don't know how deep the party before country thing goes with are the constituents of these governors, of these elected representatives. But I'm going to say that when a loved one passes because that person didn't do anything, pretty much you're going to say, you're going to want to shoot that person, but at the very least you can vote them out of office. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if that's true, but I'm assuming that that's going to happen. If my granddad is... 68 years old and he's been around and he helps people and I love him. He'll raise me and he dies because you said no mask, you didn't do anything and to put ventilators in the hospital or you didn't prepare for this virus as a governor who we weren't supposed to depend on. I'm going to blame you. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. Uh, humans are not that evolved and generally they blame. <laughs> so I want to blame someone <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to blame somebody okay. and Lord help the governors or elected representatives of that person who did not do anything at all, if yeah. that is what they did, because they're going to make them a target. I don't know how this is going to shake out going forward. I mean, I don't, I'm thinking about this, and I'm looking at every angle, and I don't know how people are going to go, because I, I usually am able to predict this stuff. Mm-hmm. V can tell you. And V predicted a 10-year prediction you make is accurate. I'm able to predict about five years out. I can't predict what the hell is going to happen. I don't know. I've never seen this before. This is weird. Yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's very odd. And so I, I know I know we we touched on a little bit of the, uh, the educational element, and like I know they're talking about reopening schools and just all. And then I think it was up in Washington or something. They talking about like, oh, we're gonna send the black students back, but not the white students. <laughs> I, Jesus, I just, I some sometimes sometimes when I see stuff because I won't even call it news when I see stuff I'm like it, it, it can't this this can't be real like sometimes it can't like, be it, just, it, it can't be so so let's touch on um, the, the the educational element and and what you all are seeing and feeling from there um, whoever wants to start um. Educational element. So I, I am. I, I don't know how the logistics of this is going to work. I, even the even the like elementary school level. Yeah. Uh, you know. Okay. Fine. Universities. You can get online education, which is. I, I've done the online classes. They're crap. They're just 
just crap. There's no way around that. Uh, and it's, it's, it's it, the, the, the younger kids uh, essentially have a year now that they're not, they're not going to be getting a, a solid education. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to have that face-to-face interaction. And it's not like our school systems were, were great to begin with. Um, <laughs> you touched on that earlier. Yeah. It's just, it's like, we we're seeing for the first time and there's a, there's a term, the emperor has no clothes. Yeah. The emperor does not have any clothes. We all see it. We all see how bad it is. Um, for, for people our age, for people in their twenties, for what's happening out in the streets right now, because again, you're right. No one has claimed the, that, that mantle of like, this is what we need to do to get organized. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and I, I don't, entirely know what's happening with the leadership of the black community, but I'm, I'm noticing that they're, that they didn't get ahead of these, these protests either. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, Trayvon Martin was killed more than five years ago at this point. Yeah. Uh, BLM is, is the group BLM uh, uh, came into being then you'd think they'd have a presence by this point in every major city. They, they do not. I don't know why. Um, I am noticing that the, 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 same management aristocracy thinking has bled into the the uh, a lot of leadership of the black community uh, because there's a and Del and I, Del and I and even Ronnie and I were talking about this at one point. Um, there's a difference uh, in in uh, I'm going to use a martial arts met- metaphor here just because you know like all three of us like we we, we all know this stuff like there's a difference between a street fight and a match fight. Okay. Yeah. Right. A, a qualifiable difference between a street fight and a mad fight. You go back to the civil rights era, all the leaders of the black community were used to getting their asses handed to them on the streets. They were seeing their, their family members get killed. They were seeing some of the most horrifying things happen for the first time. And this is kind of a good thing, I guess, but you have part of the black community that has been lifted, not entirely, but slightly out of that. So they, they've been trying to push themselves into the leadership position of these movements, and they don't have the kind of reactive instinct that you really need to run a street-level movement like this, you know? You have a lot of mat fighters. You don't have a lot of street fighters out there. You have a lot of people who know the theory of conflict. You don't have a lot of people. And you can see. You can see the fact that the BLM doesn't have, you know, the nationalized outreach, you can see that their leaders aren't out on the streets, you know, getting people to work together, focusing on, 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 on specific goals. There's a, there's a, a pattern and you can read the hit. Uh, Dell was telling me about one of the books uh, that he read about uh, uh, and he could tell you the title of it uh, uh, about, he, he read about, you know, back during the civil rights era about the kind of work that those civil rights leaders had to do to build to march this, that, that movement towards their victory. Mm-hmm. They all died af- afterwards, but they, 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 they died because they accomplished their goals and the powers that be suddenly realized what an actual threat they were. You know, yeah. they, they got rid of Jim Crow. They got rid of segregation. They did what they were supposed to do. And I'm hearing this thing over and over in the leadership of the, of the of black community. It's like, if we or- become too organized, they're going to kill us. It, yeah, they're going to try, but they're doing it already. So, you know what, throw down on the streets, go, go out there, get your, get your face handed, you know, get your face knocked into the concrete a couple of times. It'll, it'll teach you how to move. 
Well, well, I think, but I think I think that's easy to say when when we have the history now. And and yeah. and I mean, I love I love Malcolm X. I love I mean, I'm more I'm more Malcolm and and Marcus than than uh, MLK. But I mean, I appreciate all of their movements, <laughs> but they also didn't have a have a have a blueprint. Yep. So like they were going into that with, with not knowing what was to be. So now when you when you think when you think about where we're at now, one as a society it, across the board, we have gotten soft. Like that's just that's just across the board. Yep. So there's that. But when you know you have a blueprint of something now and you see you're like as as a leader, how as an activist leader, you're like, okay, like I got you you move different. You you move different. When you evolve, when you when you get blueprints, you move different. If somebody gives you the blueprint to a house and the first time they built it, it failed. Now you got to look at it again differently. How can you now move and have a lasting effect? And I know part of BLM is also though non non direct facial knowing who the leader is. So then you can move differently because then if it's just a wave of people coming at you, you don't know who the the quote unquote leader is to in a sense take them out. Because now you're just moving in mass, and so that's that's my own that's, that's my main fight back in that sense of knowing that now, and then knowing what also can then grow and develop from there. I I, I told and I see that 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 infrastructure, that thinking, but man, to, to, but you need both. I can say like the thing is with, with any of these fights in this country, you're gonna need both. Like that's why my big thing has been using my podcast for that. I as much as I want to be in the streets. I don't want to be in the streets because I know how physical I could potentially come to be in the streets. And I'm I'm a pacifist kind of person, but when you when it comes to this issue, this is something different. And and my heart's gonna operate a little bit different. So for me to be safe and, and not cause more stuff and let me let me really step back and work in the way that I can from a distance, I'm gonna go that route. But there's gonna there's gonna be street people, there's gonna be people just moving different levels. And I mean, as you as you said the black community in a sense black people in this country to really get to the precipice of things i mean look we just had one black president and now it's like gone like we don't even know when a diverse president will ever come again and so it's 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 getting these these jumps and then and then moving and then maneuvering once you can get into spaces because i'm sure there's some people who got to go to the white house when obama was there and then so even some little kids and then they're like, oh, okay, you can actually see it now, you're in it. Yep. And then it, it helps you move and change and everything in, in a different way. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a really good good way to, to look at it. It's, um, I don't know, part of, part of me just wants to see that a little bit of a harder edge, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, it's- and, and I would say like, I would say like, and maybe Ronnie and Dale can agree with me with this. We want to see that from our community but we also know what the consequence of that can be sure. and so and so we know like yeah we want to go hard like we want to like one of the terms we say want to go hard in the paint but we also know what hard in the paint can can cause and that's that's a light loss that can potentially continue to be lighting because even if the next person come they won't be able to move the way that that person was moving sure sure it's yeah, I can, no, I can totally see that. And I just, but one of the things that I feel that needs to come out of this is that there, there needs to be a reconstruction at, at the street level, at least. 
oh, of, yeah. those, of, those, of those organizations that can output real leadership again. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like that's what I'm not seeing, you know, just even, even on those, even through those protests, even through those, um, through, through the, uh, uh, activist community, because I feel there's a, there's a, there's a, there's been a bleed down of essentially management, arist- uh, the, the management aristocracy trying to use these as leverages to, to, to see to their own, own needs. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you guys have seen that or not. Hmm. See it all the time. I mean, I know where you're going, man. And I agree. We do need central leadership. And you and I talked about this, but I can understand why it's all putty because JFK, King, RFK, and then Malcolm, all within five years. All the leaders. I get it. And everybody wants that central leader. And I agree with you, Phoenix. You have to have that central leader eventually because that leader has to tie everything together. Mm-hmm. But that's be someone who's willing to, who has passion for this, who's will knows what the consequences may be for him and his family, mm-hmm. or him, her and her family. Mm-hmm. I mean, now we're in a, we're in an equality area where women can actually come out and say we can do this. So we have that leader, either him or her, has to willing to make that sacrifice, and that's a hard sacrifice to make. Most people are not willing to make it. If it was me, I could make it, but I have to now be concerned with my sister and her new baby. This is not like a small thing. This is a huge thing that can be used as leverage. I love my sister. I love my niece. Same time, it's a big thing. If I was to do it, I have to talk to everyone. Yeah. And get their they're okay with this, and if it's important enough to do this, then I have to move. So it's kind of difficult to project that someone should be a leader now. I think there should, I would love there to be a leader now, but it's hard because you're going to get killed more than likely. I mean, personally, I thought Obama was going to get murked in his second term. He didn't. Yeah, he I, 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 did, I did, too. I, 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 I thought he was dead meat, and he didn't die. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. personally, I know it's possible for a leader to be there. Not, not to mention Donald Obama was moderate more than anything. Anybody say he's liberal is stupid. Uh, he's moderate. But he got his shit done, especially in his second term. So having that leader come up would be hard. What has to, what would have to happen would be something that was not going to happen because the black leaders have learned to decentralize. That's fantastic. But as you said, they're not spread out enough. BLM should be in more cities than it's in, especially during this time. They are supposedly the leaders in the protests of a decentralized group of protests who are protesting, and the, the protesters are using their message. Unfortunately, that costs money. Money is a big fucking thing. Mm-hmm. You have to have headquarters and employ people to be in those cities. I can't, in good conscience, think that BLM has that kind of cash or is willing to spend that kind of cash for making this happen. That's a lot of fucking money. Granted, BLM is a for-profit organization. It actually is. It's not non-profit. But they're not going to spend that money on that. I wouldn't. I mean, being honest, I would spend the money on that. I spend money to make the organization better, make sure everybody's got a salary, make sure everybody's safe, make sure the organization exists and continues to exist. Granted, it was established in response to Zimmerman getting off. But BLM, I've thought of for many years, is just a joke. 
because I didn't see them doing anything. Mm -hmm. I saw people doing things. So they didn't say BLM's name. These were regular people doing things. And now BLM is wanting to take be in the forefront of this movement. But nothing has been accomplished because there's no plan. Like you were saying, Phoenix, you got to have a plan. You have a plan. <laughs> it can't happen. Yeah. And even with a decentralized movement, you have to have a blueprint of a plan to make that happen eventually to get what you want. Granted, these are municipalities. It has to be done in the municipalities, and that is very, very separate throughout the country with the, with the majority of municipalities out in the country that have black people in them that are being harassed. But since it's not just about black people anymore, yeah. you have Twitter feeds of videos of your Americans being harassed, of Asians being harassed, of Latinx being harassed then it's possible, but BLM can't logistically make that leap to being the leader of the protest movement and having a central message because they're just getting decentralized and have the money to do it. Also, I'm not sure what their motivations are. I know what they want, but yeah. when I look for the protests on their page, I don't. it's buried. Well, see, and I was going to touch on that, and it's also the fact of like somebody let's say somebody in atlanta somewhere maybe they want to start their own thing and they don't have to directly become black lives matter but they can be something become something else and then go forward and then connect with that or you just move the way that you need to move like like dale touched on earlier this needs to come from a front of everybody who feels underserved and misjustice and lost trust and all of that come together and mm -hmm. then you push up the the, the those who mm -hmm. are above and you you scatter them um because part of it will be then because then this is where the government can then play it's like oh well we're we're gonna cater to like the black lives matter people but like we're gonna forget everybody else and mm -hmm. then that's when the divide and the serpentiness comes of this country to weave in and then and then destroy the flock because then it's like okay we can move here and then we'll just because one of my one of my things i'm saying and this is what i say once black people f can fully get to the table and eat everybody gets to eat that's that's how most people believe like once we get to eat everybody gets to eat because then if if not it really goes to show what this country is it always wants somebody at his heels and and part of me is believing that and that's there but if but I'm also optimistic at the same way as if everybody if we can get at the table then everybody comes to the table it's in essentially a, a cookout everybody want to come to the black cookouts you know mm -hmm. if you if you cool with somebody you get to come to the black cookout so you get to eat so so it's there so once we get all there then we can all change the demand that's why you're getting the push for reparations now you're getting like native land being uh, brought back you're getting the team in Washington getting moved because there's just been just a a surgence of all of this stuff but one of the things that i haven't heard too many people talk about is when we talk about blueprints and stuff like i touched on earlier a lot of this blueprint stuff looks very familiar to the me too movement and that was a lot of the stuff of what also now people are saying because now people are tweeting to people you got trader joe's changing packaging and everything because there's carpet so it's, it's this thing. I mean, you get college programs are changing and changing schools and people's names on buildings and everything. So um, it's it's because you need those stamps in history. Like no one time in history just comes and completely change everything. Because like you were saying earlier, V, something comes, it shakes shit up, it changes, 
and then another instance come and then you have a blueprint you're like okay we can go off our history and then now loop it into what we're doing here and then we'll keep moving forward it's not going to be you don't cookie cutter it but you're like okay i got the cookie dough we need to add different things to this now in this moment that we're in and then let's go uh forward uh mr ronnie hmm. i feel like i said a lot there <laughs> <laughs> so you know i'm gonna go ahead and say this so about black lives matter there's actually been quite a lot of successes when it comes to black lives matter uh one of the things that varun and i had spoken about before though was the fact that they were taking on too much too fast right at the beginning and the other thing is, is I'm noticing in now in today's time that there's people questioning why they don't take on other things. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I, I get the, the whole part about getting back to a little bit more of a visceral time in the civil rights era where it first began. There's plans, uh, you know, people getting their hands dirty, people getting bloodied and stuff like that. But that's happening. Uh, the thing is, is... When it comes to the the protests, I'm I'm not exactly sure where I can I can feel as if things aren't just gonna be the same over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not due to any kind of complacency with BLM. BLM, if you think about it, has already been here for quite a long time. The thing is that I'm afraid of is that no matter what society as a whole keeps proving them right <laughs> so i can't I, I can't i can't i can't feel like they're not just marching just to march they're legitimately have a reason to march and currently that reason is police brutality mm -hmm. um and what we all saw was indeed a modern day lynching let's not beat ourselves around the bush about that what we saw when it came to uh, ahmad aubrey was um systemic racism and racism pretty much at, at large within the particular subset of white community who believes still in the old time racism ways and you still saw it again in the gentleman in indiana who almost got lynched yes yeah uh so i and here's the biggest one this is this to me when he said this, I was just like, again, you're proving them right. Our, our own president of the United States stating, oh, well, white people die at the hands of police more than black people. That is not a thing you say to a person of color like me, unless you want me to go ahead and turn it around on you and just say, obviously, you just admitted Black Lives Matter right by admitting that police brutality is a white people problem, too. <laughs> Thank uh, you. I the term canary in a coal mine uh, in the coal mine comes along that that the the black community if the white community had any sense they'd be they'd be taking a look at the lower class communities which is unfortunately the black community is a canary in the coal mine. It's it's the black community has been getting killed for so long. Now the white community is getting killed too. How do yes. you, this is not going to bleed up to your own community? You had a chance to get it under control. You didn't because you didn't think it affects you. Now it's affecting you. Yes. So getting back to, again, where I see things going in the short term. I'm going to get to the short term here 
specifically if these people aren't concerned if, there, if there's people who believe that who want to go in with that mindset of oh well police kill white people more than they kill black people you obviously are not looking at the big picture of what you're asking for in this country mm -hmm. you're not at all asking for things to go back to normal let's just admit that right here right now yeah you guys want to complain about masks, but you guys don't see that people are black-bagging people who could just be going and getting groceries, not even part of the protest, or riot rioting and looting. And that has been reported as happening. People getting snatched up off the streets that don't even have anything to do with the protests, or the rioting, or the looting. And so, they're not even on a, a federal property either. So, what, what do you want? I mean, this is, this is, again, a revelation into your particular ideals and what you want and what direction you want this country to go in. Uh, you see Black Lives Matter as a threat because, you, again, you believe that anything that's pro-black is not encompassing because of what your belief is in pro-white. And yet again, you want to go ahead and say you don't believe in your government Yet you see your government doing a whole lot of heinous things, and not just from the upper levels, but all the way down to the local levels. Mm -hmm. From your low-end enforcers. And now you're starting to see the top-end enforcers, and what they're doing. And you still haven't let it sink in yet. You haven't let it sink in yet. That you personally, with the moment that you started saying all lives matter with George Floyd... You admitted that you didn't even believe in the court systems anymore. You yeah. didn't. Well, no, and they, this believe, is, they believe in a no, court system no, for themselves. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Here's one prime example of how I know people don't believe. Because when George Floyd happened, you got someone like Candace Owens getting on TV saying why she didn't believe in George Floyd being a martyr. And she brought up instances where not only did the police do their jobs, but the court system worked. You have to be a special kind of special to go ahead and say something like that and then go ahead and say that you don't believe in him being a martyr when the police didn't do their job and the court system didn't get to have their time with that particular incident or crime. You're not, don't, don't tell me you believe in the court system anymore. Yeah, Vigilantiness is basically what you're yeah. talking about. Don't, don't tell me you believe in the, in the, in the court system anymore. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, if you really believed all lives matter, if you really believed in the court system, you would have saw that George Floyd had his day in court. If some of you even believed in the veterans and you hated the fact that Colin Kaepernick knelt, trying to warn you again back then, in a peaceful manner, Yet you went ahead and brought up a whole nother excuse of, well, my veteran da-da-da didn't fight for da-da-da. It's like, are you kidding me? And you want to go ahead and believe that all lives matter and you believe in veterans, yet you go ahead and miss the stories that I had mentioned before about the Russian bounties. Your colors are showing. It, 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 is, it is definitely wild and crazy. Um, as we get ready to wrap up here, um, I want to get your guys's, um, and Ronnie just touched on it. Um, where do you see the, where do you see the country going? Um, more black bags, more people getting snatched up, unfortunately, in the short term. That's what you're going to see. Until people obviously get more and more uncomfortable with that happening, that's what you're going to see. 
But that's just okay. Next person. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I split this into two? Uh, I want to tell you where I want the country to go, uh, and I, okay. I think the country is going. Okay. Um, so let's start where where I think the country is going. Uh, there is going to be a series of unfolding disasters. There'll be plateaus. There'll be places where things are really quiet, and there'll be places where things are really wild. Right now, things are really quiet here. Portland, things are really wild. Mm -hmm. um, best case scenario for the, the election, uh, and I'll give, you the, I'll give you the headlines for the upcoming elections, the post-elections, okay. post okay? All right, um, we got an Oracle moment coming on. Everybody. Okay, everybody. Oh, heavens, here we go. Post-elections marred by voter suppression, by low voter turnout, by violence. That's going to be the headlines after the elections are over. It doesn't matter who wins. That's going to be the headlines. The biggest population of this election is not going to be who votes for the Democrats, who votes for the Republicans. It's going to be the people who don't show up to vote in the first place. Mm -hmm. say, we've just been like, you know what? Screw this noise. So whoever goes in is going to go into a divided country, a shattered economy. Best case scenario, Trump takes the White House, Dems take the uh, legislator, and we wind up with another four years of gridlock where not a lot gets done. Uh, worst case scenario, uh, uh, Dems take the executive. The the rural whites decided that uh, it's it's uh, their don't tread on me time, uh, and things get real wild. Um, worst worst case scenario, the Republicans take the legislator and the executive, uh, and we're we're in we're in deep 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 at that point. Um, I don't know which way it's going to go. I, I honestly don't don't uh, don't know, um, but it's gonna get it's definitely gonna get worse, uh, and I don't know when it's gonna get better. Um, what I want to see happen, and I think this is this is a, if if Doug if you ever decide you know to have us on a podcast the next time, uh, we need to start discussing ways to start training our own leadership because we can't count on the management aristocracy to do do yeah. this anymore. We can't count on the university system, the activist community. Um, we, I don't know which of the churches we can actually count on anymore uh, because I know a lot of them have become very, very corrupt and very self-serving. Uh, I don't, the, the institutions that we need have to be built at the streets. Mm -hmm. There's ways to do it. There's literally the old masters, the, are the, we have books written by the old masters teaching us how to, how to train, how to organize, how to, how to do ourselves, uh, you know, uh, how to make ourselves into a thing that can accomplish goals. And I think that needs to be talked about. Mm -hmm. that, that really needs, that's where I want to see things go. I want to see more people be like, you know what? For the first time in our lives, we have real freedom because we don't have any government there to, to do for us. Uh, our leaders are, are, are fighting each other. We, we're free to do as we please now. And what we're going to do is rebuild our communities and rebuild uh, our path to the future, whatever the future is. Okay. That would, yeah. Go ahead, Dale. Yeah, I don't know where I'm going. I, know <laughs> I mean, that could be your answer if you wanted to be. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, I can see things. I can comment on what I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. Um. This is going to sound really silly, the things I'm going to bring up, but these are barometers for me. The mask thing, it's stupid. I mean, unless somebody dies close to you, you don't think the masks are appropriate. 
And that's kind of sad that we're going to have mass mass amounts of deaths in other non-democratic places before people actually understand that the mass thing is a real thing so that they can protect their own community. Because no, the government's not going to protect you. It's up you have to protect your people who are near you. That is simply that. Whether you like them or not, whether you are racist or not, you're going to have to take that mask and put it on your face, a real mask, to protect people around you to stem this coronavirus thing. That's just common sense. But as Varun pointed out earlier, common sense is not so common. So <laughs> where I see this country going is in a bunch of crap, to be honest with you. I, I don't have Varun's grim view on the political outlook. What I do have view on is what I'm seeing. Schools, as Varun knows, I told him we're going to be a major flashpoint. Schools are still a major flashpoint. But they've really divided the country. And some of the school talk has tipped some people away from the current person in office because they're not endangering their children. Yeah. I don't care who you are, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Green Party. If you love your child, you don't want them to have COVID. Or you if you love your niece or nephew or your neighbor. Whoever it is, you don't humans. want them to if you die love humans. of COVID. If you love humans. Exactly. If you love the, you know, I'm going to say, if you love the people who are around you who are part of your life, you don't yeah. want them to die. So in that case, the mask becomes important. But it's sad that a person has to die for the mask to become important. Yeah. So this doesn't lend me the great hope for the future of America at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, if Biden gets in office, it's basically going to be cleanup, like Obama had to do after Bush W. Mm-hmm. back in 09. It's going to be cleanup again. And will he have time to clean up? I don't know. His vice presidential choice is now more important than ever because that person will probably have to clean up if he dies because he's 77 years old. Mm-hmm. I personally don't trip on Biden as a candidate. I mean, what you did in your past was what you did in your past at the time. I wasn't there. I didn't see that. If you're apologizing for it now and understand that things are different now, that's entirely different. My outlook is different. Unless you did something egregious like, you know, run over a chick in Charlottesville. Then I have issues with you. Yeah. But where this country is going now, it is not positive. I do not see us coming out of this okay. Varun was right. Whatever this recession they're talking about, this is going to be a repre- this is going to be depression. I don't give a fuck. You have one. You have one person who wants to find a job in four who can actually get a job. One in four who actually want a job who can actually get a job because that's the jobs that are available now. No one has talked about. What are you going to do with the economy? No one has talked about long-term what's going to happen. A vaccine, which I predicted won't come out until late fall, early winter of 2021, is now predicted to come out in 2022. This is the new normal as it was talked about here in this podcast. It is, this is the new normal. I don't know why people are fighting this. It doesn't make any gosh darn sense. This is the new normal. The new normal is face masks, six feet distancing, being careful, not killing your fellow people. Americans in this case, because you're being a stubborn jackass who believes that a mass is going to suffocate you and put too much carbon dioxide in your system. You're a dumbass. Stop it. <laughs> I can tell you that to your face, and I will, and I have, but I don't understand why this is so difficult for people to understand. It is a damn mass. It is designed to prevent you from infecting other people with COVID if you're asymptomatic. I understand some of you don't know what pre-symptomatic or asymptomatic mean. I get that. Find out so that you can protect people around you. That means you can have the virus and spread it without knowing you have the virus. That's crazy. 
no one, no virus so far has had these had these properties, as far as I can see, in the modern history. So you have to wear the damn face mask. You have to do this damn social distancing. You have to be responsible for your neighbors, your community, your people. This is where, as Rune said, we come together and disregard what the politicians are saying. We come together and and take care of ourselves. Some communities in the U.S. have done this, mm -hmm. both red and blue, but others have not, including my own fucking city. These motherfuckers, excuse my language. No, don't excuse my language. These motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Is partying on the street with a mask off in well-to-do areas. What do, 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 do does the virus not come to you because you have money? <laughs> does the virus come to you because you are your American? Not come to you because you're your American? No, that isn't how this works. Okay, oh, it is so deadly serious. So our future of our company depends on us as the citizens of this country coming together and supporting our fellow citizens in the community. To bring us together and i'm not exactly hopeful for that hmm. so uh yeah i, I want to touch on a little bit more also just real quick like the the economic impact is for sure like we are in a depression i don't care what people say like anytime Thank you. you you yep. have a super halt of an economy like we have now we're mm -hmm. in a depression money's Check. not moving money's not free flowing as it was yes it definitely is not we're in a depression the other thing um I believe that with this virus, uh, some of the unknown effects, especially with asymptomatic people that people don't think about and that I'm hearing about in my particular profession, because I work with medical professionals, is that even if you're asymptomatic, this virus potentially has a lot of effects on you still. Lung damage or heart damage have been found in asymptomatic people. That is terrifying. So even if you believe, oh, I'm asymptomatic, I'm, I don't have sniffles, I don't have a cough, it almost seems like there's a, still a slow poison tearing apart your lungs. Just, and you, you're just not feeling it. It's, it. it's a dangerous virus. So economic issues, the, the impact to people and what it's having on the physiological effects on your body, even if you are asymptomatic. But the other thing is, is we could potentially be looking at a very major um, fertility issue as well after all of this clears up. We might not be able to have as many babies, you know, from the future going forward. And we've already lost quite a few lives. So, I mean, it might be pretty rough. And not only that, everyone's going to have to start developing and learning some different skills that they they uh, didn't originally have. Yeah. That's another another fact of life that's going to be happening up here. What so, what skills are you talking about in particular, sir? Uh, well, I mean, whatever you're going to have to consider survival in this time, like obviously learning online things, learning more about technology uh, as a means of communication. Uh, you know, I like I still have a ham radio. Remember, I'm I'm learning a new skill with that. Like just any means of communication where you can do it by distance. Uh, you know, there's people who might need to learn how to grow food, uh, depending on what kind of neighborhood you live in and what kind of uh, where you get your food and where where your your closest grocery store. Uh, you know, you might have to learn um, how to sew clothes. Uh, maybe have a basic bet uh, medical background. 
you know, maybe how to check a pulse, you know, <laughs> basic thing like that. Yeah, I still feel like that on myself. So, I'll so that. I mean, like <laughs> maybe how to read the signs of if you're if you're technically, you know, got a fever and maybe what your symptoms are and recognizing and diagnosing yourself a little bit. So, so what I'm what I'm hearing you say is, there's going to be a need to go away from allowing technology to do everything for you. Retro skills. That's a that's a really yes. So and and the thing of what I would say um, as far as where do I see the country going, where do I see this time going, um, I see a crumbling for growth. Um, like V touched on earlier, like the, the element of developing and growing and like Ronnie was touching on, um, this is going to be a time where real grassroots stuff, like we like to say grassroots, like companies and stuff can, can really flourish out of this when it's, when it's real skill building. Um, like you talk about V about more effective leadership. There's programs out here that's doing that, but don't get to shine because in this country, we love to just go with the brand name stuff. You know, it's it's the it's the stuff of like, oh, I know Nike, so I don't have to think about something because I just trust this. Now you have to reevaluate and look at another company that's way more valued and wholehearted of people, and the quality is just as good. So it's going to be a real. I I what I see, and this is in a sense part of me being a, a career uh, coordinator and career counselor. I see a res a, a surgence of true development of breaking these systems k through 12 i tell this to anybody anybody listening to this k through c is what i call it kindergarten through college is broken that system is broken you know there is not a sound sounded mind person in this country that can say that this system is not broken unless you got oodles of money and can control the system yep. for the mass majority of people education is broken and i think this is a great time for the new leaders i and i think we're getting a real flow of new leadership that's going to come out of this from the people on the streets from the people on the ground to develop and i feel like i'm one of those i have ideas and stuff um for myself and i feel like all of you gentlemen have things and ideas and i feel like this is going to be the great opportunity to come through this sometimes you have to be and we talked about this and we talked about a pandemic and one of the things when i'm sick and i really get sick really i really get sick i get sick maybe every five years it's just how i've always been uh -huh. but one of one of the things I do when I get sick, I try to pretend like I'm not sick so I can I can then not be sick. But I'll still quarantine myself, not be around people. But I'm like, oh, I'm a function like, you know, I'm gonna be OK because, you know, state of mind. And and I think that's part of what was wrong with America. It was it was going on thinking it was good, like, oh, like we're fine. But the real people knew what was going on. But if you go to the broad, to the micro, people were like. And to the to the macro people were like, oh, like it's America, it's the land of the free, like we can do whatever here. It's like, nah, this pandemic came and it was like, sit your ass down. Yeah. Ass down, <laughs> look at what's going on, <laughs> evaluate this shit and get it together. Mm -hmm. And so now we're gonna get a bunch of people out of this because it's bringing people together. People are seeing injustice. That people, I won't even say people are seeing injustice. People are finally feeling that. That's the difference. You can see something and not feel it. People are feeling the injustice now, and it's something that's going to translate. And I just, in a sense, there's there's going to be shittiness. It's going to be shittiness. I have a lot of friends who have grown like um, locks, dreadlocks. There's a stage when your hair looks ugly, and they just call it the shitty stage, basically. 
And so, but then you grow them out, you continue to grow them out, you, you, you do all the stuff that you need to do and then they become long and beautiful and luscious and everything. Um, that's what's going to happen. That's, that's what's happening and that's what's going to happen. And I think now is a time for people to start taking power and responsibility of themselves, of their communities, and then growing and developing it from there. And we all are responsible for that. It's no more just let me turn the eye. Let me just go my own separate way. Because one thing, if we come out of all of this, everybody knows you. there is no way now you can deny of not knowing what black injustice in this country is, what brown injustice in this country is, what what native injustice in this country is. There's no, you would have, you would have to been under the deepest rock on this continent to say you don't know. Or you weren't born yet. But that's that's the only way. But I really feel like there's going to be a, a resurgence, a growth of, of pushing forward because people are seeing the gaps and the bullshit. And I was having this conversation with my uncle, um, like when people like were having to defund the police thing. And so now there's somebody, there's some little 12 year old, six year old person like looking as like, oh, okay, so now, now I know at this age how that money is allocated and funded. And so now maybe that's something that they look at more. Maybe that's something they look at yearly and then something that's potentially they be current, they turn into a career. Like where that access level was used to be cut off. You just knew that your state, your county got money. Um, so it's a lot of re a new elevation of information that's going to be able to push people forward. So any, we talked on a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. We hit them with it. Um, any, any last little tidbits, little tidbits. Like we can't, cause I know y'all, y'all can talk. Wonderful. And I love it. But any last tidbits before we close out? I'm gonna I'm gonna drop this one because there's a lot of anger out there right now, mm -hmm. uh, especially anger at uh, people and anger at um, you know the, the presidency. Um, big thing: people need to understand that anger is being used as a tool to control us. Mm -hmm. And anyone who's ever been in a fight knows anger makes you feel very strong, but it makes you act very stupid. You mm -hmm. overextend yourself. You overstep when you should you should be controlled. If you know how to control yourself, you know how to be disciplined, you know how to drive yourself with that anger. Best way to break anger at people, and I'm, I'm referring to the Orange Julius right now because his biggest tool is making folk angry. Um, best way to deal with him is find one thing, character trait, something he's done that you can genuinely say that you respect about respect without any snarkiness the anger will disappear in a second. And then you can see what he really is. You can see what the people around him really are. And then you can learn how to react and fight because when you're angry, you're not useful to anybody. Angry without discipline is folly. Um, Professor Burke, way back in 94, I think, wrote this paper on my desk at City College. And I saw that this paper said, and it's, it's like, you're American, professor. Paper said, you have poor white Americans being set against black Americans because they say these things that we're better than them. And I know that is a mainstream going thing. But remember, if that is, oh, well, fuck, fuck you, bitch. So remember, <laughs> whatever happens, 
you can't believe the hype. Your community is your community. I'm sorry, not sorry, but your community is important. How you're going to solve this is working with your community. I'm sorry, not sorry. That's just the way it is. That means how if you if you have feelings of prejudice, not racism, you get over them. Go talk to your people who you have feelings about because they're in the same goddamn situation you in. So got to put food on the table. So got to pay for gas. So got to be there, pay the electricity bill, and pay the mortgage and or they rent. So y'all need to come together, please. I would love for you to, and not follow the trap that has been set up for us to separate us. Because right now we're separated in this whole thing. And I can't say the nation needs to come together, but the communities can't, the people next to you who you know. I know that's difficult to talk to some strangers who you don't know. Oh my God, I know it's difficult. But the thing is, this is the time to do it because your community is going to be your backbone in going forward to combat this pandemic. It ain't going away. As it was said here, it's the new normal. So you need to establish some guidelines of defense and of help reciprocity and get your stuff together. And if you can't, then stay away and let other people do it for you. <laughs> and join later. Because if you can't, I get it. Join later. But this has to be done now. Sorry, not sorry. It's not about the color of your skin anymore. It's about survival. That's every, it. Everybody was a stranger at one point in time. Indeed. Even your mom and your daddy. You didn't know them when you were born. Uh, Ronnie, any, any, any closing <laughs> words? Uh, okay. <laughs> remember, remember, we're closing. Remember, we're closing, Ronnie. <laughs> so I'm going to start with the joke. I know the real reason why some of y'all don't want to wear a mask is because you guys didn't believe the hype before, but when you finally started wearing the mask, you found out it was true. You guys have really hot, trashy, musty breath, and everyone around you tried to tell you, but then when you put on that mask, you found out quick, and all of a sudden, you became uncomfortable. So, let me just go ahead and say that's a joke. But honestly, though, the mask is important. You don't know if you're asymptomatic. You haven't been tested because obviously there's some seems to be some sort of uh, thing even against testing. Um, but let me go ahead and say that if anyone is feeling like your freedom is being taken away, the best way you can get back to normal or your even idea of whatever normal is is to is to wear a mask, is to follow the guidelines to get the country back to health and I, I want you to understand that even if you feel like your freedoms are being taken away right now it's probably happening with those people black bagging people over the head but the other part of it is you're probably as more free as you've ever been and that goes for everybody and let me explain because it's gonna be really rough but obviously because the social contract was broken with that entire entire let's call it lynching that we all collectively saw uh there's people exercising their right to go ahead and believe in not believe in the court system anymore uh there's people who don't believe in police anymore that's why you're seeing looters and uh rioters and people who are prone to do violence now because they believe that law and order doesn't exist and you didn't at all think that maybe this could have been a problem if even your enforcers wouldn't obey the law and now people are also wise to the the fact that even the guys at the higher top don't obey the law. So why should anyone? 
So don't say that your freedom's being taken away. Everyone's exercising their freedoms in different ways. In a more positive light, you got actual protesters peacefully protesting what's going on. You have other people actively harming other people in mean in in horrible ways in order to discredit the peaceful protesters as well. Dell, you heard about the story about um the federal officer who passed away who got shot and killed and then all of a sudden everyone's like, "Oh, where was Black Lives Matter in their life? This black federal officer got killed." Only to find out that it was from some sort of white supremacist believing boogaloo person who was mm -hmm. trying to discredit the black. So don't mm -hmm. tell me that freedoms are taken away. People are exercising their freedoms in the most dangerous way ever. And that is a big issue with this country. You believe in freedom, but when actually everyone starts exercising that freedom, you take a moment to step back and be like, whoa, that's not the freedom I thought I was, I was, I was <laughs> vouching for. <laughs> So this is where I'm going to go ahead and say this. I'm going to end it actually with this particular Bible verse. Especially this, this goes out to the people who are worried about the windows and the statues. Just, just bear with me because you're focusing on the wrong things. If you're not putting lives ahead of these things, the rest of the people who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands to stop worshiping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood, which are not able to see, hear, or walk. What, what scripture is that? That is Revelation 9.20. So let me, let me just go ahead and put that into a little perspective of what that means to me. I'm not a preacher. I'm just a man on the streets, and I read a lot. Um, we got a pandemic going on. If you're focusing on your money, if you're focusing on statues, if you're focusing on broken windows, I get it. But remember, lives are at stake. And with all the lives at stake, you really got to wonder about either your own country or your own community and how they're handling things in this particular time. Because when I say that lives are at stake, what I really mean is souls are at stake. And really, the cost to get into heaven or hell is either how many souls you saved or how many souls you tried to corrupt? That's that's where I'm left down at. All right, so um, amen, preacher. <laughs> preacher. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Um, I have nothing to say. We'll have to do it again. This was a great time, very insightful. Um, and let's say somebody is interested and they hear this and they're like, "I would like to reach out and build community." How could they do that if they want to reach out to one of you gentlemen, possibly? Um, I guess uh, if they get in touch with you, uh, I'll, I'll shoot you my email. I'll text you my email. Uh, they can definitely reach out to me via email or, uh, yeah, that, that's the best way. I check my email every day. So. Okay. I'm down with that, too. All right. So contact the Dig on Doug podcast. You know how to do it, listeners. It'll, it'll tell you at the end of this. So uh, it's been another great episode. Gentlemen, I really appreciate you dropping a whole bunch of knowledge.
just Jesus. I've learned so much, so I got some reevaluating to do. So it's always a great opportunity to learn, grow. This is part of community. This is part of developing. This is part of getting people with different perspectives, which is always huge. And it's always going to be the thing. I don't care if you grew up the person right next door to you. doesn't mean they have all the same views that you have. So it's being able to really have those uncomfortable conversations about what's going on. You get comfortable. You grow when you get uncomfortable. And there's no knocking to that. You, I always tell people one of my things is a tree started off as a little seed and it grew into that big thing. But it wasn't comfortable for that seed to grow into that big old tree. So until next time, y'all, keep it. Keep growing. Just keep growing. That's going to be the knowledge for this one. Keep growing. Keep opening yourself up and explore. So until next time, y'all, peace out. This has been another episode of Dig Undug. I really hope you got something out of this. And if you did, go ahead and make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a comment below. I want to hear from you. Also, you can reach me on Instagram at digundug or email me at digundug at gmail.com. Share this with your family, friends, co-workers, and your squad. I look forward to your comments. And with that, keep digging, y'all. Peace out.